You are listening to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, episode number 39. Welcome to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, where you will learn brand new and shockingly different tools to lose weight for the last time. And now, here's your host, certified life and weight loss coach, Laura Conley. Hey, Yummy Mummies. I am extra excited because I have Corinne Crabtree with me today. She is the host of Losing 100 Pounds, the podcast, and the creator of the No BS Weight Loss System. So welcome, Corinne. I'm so, so, so happy to have you on the show today. Introduce yourself to us. Well, like you said, I'm Corinne. I struggled with my weight all of my life. I started really putting on weight when I was nine years old. So the years that I wasn't overweight was like, nobody gave a crap. So (laughs) it's like, I always tell people like I came out of the womb, a skinny baby when everybody was like, I want a chubby one. I kind of developed late and into all that. So at nine, I started gaining weight. By the time I was in the eighth grade, I was 210 pounds. I was bullied. I was not the cool girl. I was always the one that, you know, barely had any friends. Everybody made fun of her. I was the one that never played sports. One, they wouldn't even let me play. Or if I was like in PE, they always sat me on the bench and and was just like, no, not for you. So cut to about my late twenties, early thirties, I'd had a kid and he was a handful to say the least. He's a great baby. It was very jovial, but very active. I mean, Logan pretty much came out of the womb. First day he was laying on my chest. He reared that head up and held it up high for like 10 seconds to look around as like, hello world. I've arrived. Oh my God. That uh, sounds like my son. Yes. And I couldn't keep up with him. He was wearing me out every day by 10 o'clock in the morning. And it wasn't Mm. because of anything other than I was well over 250 pounds and just eating, depressed, and didn't know what to do with my life. And so I decided I didn't know what I was going to do to lose weight, but I was going to figure it out. And so I started with really small changes. I had dieted my entire life, like Weight Watchers at 11, all the things. I mean, Mm. every crazy diet I had done it. And I knew that none of that was going to work this time. I was just at a, like, I just got my come to Jesus moment of you got to do something different. Like you just can't keep beating your head against the wall and punishing yourself to lose weight. So I just was like, all right, today we're going to get up and we're going to walk 15 minutes. I really Mm -hmm. think that I can get up each day for the rest of my life. And at some point, if I had to walk my house, I could at least walk for 15 minutes. And that was like the literal first steps of my weight loss. Mm -hmm. And I just started making small changes. I would wake up each day and think, what is something that I could do today that's a little bit better than yesterday? Mm -hmm. So like I would go out to eat and we would go to IHOP. And instead of butter and syrup all over my pancakes, I started saying like, no butter for me. Like now we're going to give up the butter. Mm -hmm. And then the next time we would go, I would do half the syrup than I normally would. Like I was always... just looking for these micro changes that I was willing to do. Yeah. And then I ended up losing a hundred pounds by each and every day, making small changes and committing. Like once I make a change, I feel like this is like the new norm. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept making, like raising the bar of what my new norm would be. And that's really how I lost weight. There's, you know, I wish that it was way more special than it is, but it was <laughs> literally, that was it. And yeah, but I it t- is very special. It's really special because that's not what the diet in 
industry teaches us, right? It teaches us all or nothing thinking. And what you're teaching is little micro changes over time. And I think that that's profound because what you were saying is, look, I woke up, my come to Jesus moment was, hey, I'm going to do something different because I'm doing the same thing over and over again. And right, that's like the literal definition of insanity is like doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That was me. I was 100% just, I mean, of course, Weight Watchers changed the program. So my brain thought it was different, but it actually wasn't any different. It was just the same thing. And you're right. It's not, it doesn't sound that glamorous or special, but it's what works. Well, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people like discount is the small stuff. It's like Mm -hmm. sometimes like when you're not doing something epic and big, it's like the hardest thing to do because your brain immediately goes, well, that won't work. That won't be enough and blah, blah, blah. I had to overcome the version of myself that always thought that it won't be enough and it'll take forever. Mm -hmm. I had to really start telling myself, I know that if I do a little bit better each day, one day I'll be a lot better. That's Mm -hmm. just how things work. If you drop a marble into a bucket every day, eventually you got a bucket full of marbles, you know, but are you going to have the patience to do that? And then the other thing is rather than thinking it's not enough or it's going to take too long, I had to start Mm -hmm. telling myself, man, I'm in it for the long haul. That's it. You're just going to have to get used to doing this for the rest of your life because we're not doing antics anymore. We're not going to suffer our way there. And I had to make those micro changes in my head. I mean, you know, when we talk about, I did micro changes in my habits at the same time, I was making those micro thought changes. Mm. was telling myself something a little bit different than I always had. And that added up to being a completely different person on the inside and the outside at the end. Yeah. Like instead of saying, no, this won't be enough. It's like, maybe it will be enough over time. Yeah, exactly. And I love what you said right at the beginning. You were like, we're just going to figure it out. We're just going to keep going until we figure it out. We're just never, ever, ever, ever going to quit. My dad, I always tell the story. I don't know. My dad was like playing little elf man and like snuck up into my office and put this paperweight on my desk that says never, never, never quit. And I don't keep anything on my desk except for this paperweight in another piece of paper that someone else sent me that just says practice with a heart because I think that that's like what you're speaking to. It's so key, but at least my clients, when they first come to me, I don't know about your clients, you can tell me, um, but when they first come to me, they want to have lost the 20 or the 50 or the hundred pounds like two weeks ago, right? Like right. <laughs> our culture teaches us, I think by do this cleanse and drop 20 pounds in two weeks or, or whatever it is, we're like pre-programmed to not be patient. And well, and part of the reason why we are so impatient is because the diet industry has taught us too. If you look at the pictures, like when someone is thin, they look like they're having the world's most amazing life. They're like always tan. Their hair is perfectly straightened and styled. Everything is roses. And so it tricks us into believing that when we lose the weight, then we're going to be happy. And this is the thing that I think is so tricky for people. It's not that you won't be happy when you lose weight. It's just that when you lose weight, you'll temporarily be happier than you are now because you'll, you'll have some thoughts like, yeah, I did it. And Ooh, look at me. I've never seen myself this way, but that part wears off. And what comes back is the mindset in which you lost it with. So if you lost weight, worrying about like, Oh, I don't know if I can go out to eat and say no. Or if you lost weight, telling yourself like, these are the only the foods that I feel safe around. If you get me around cookies, it's going to be off the rails and stuff. That fear, those anxieties and those worries, they still are there. Just because you lose weight, you're not like, oh my God, I lost a hundred pounds. Someone bring
bring the Oreos because I bet I can just have one now. No, that never happens. And so losing weight doesn't take all those feelings away. And so when you really realize that part of losing weight, you're not going to be impatient if you start learning how to quit talking to yourself like a jerk all the way down. Like you have to tell yourself like every day what you're proud of. Whenever Mm. you do one little small change, like I was the kind of person I had to over-celebrate myself because if I wasn't over-celebrating, then I was probably throwing myself under the bus. So Mm. I had to make a very deliberate effort to every day be like, you're doing so good. Just keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than, well, you did good today. I hope you don't screw it up tomorrow. Or you did good today. Let's have some Oreos. (laughs) Yeah. But those are the things that you have to change. And that's, that's why we get impatient because if you aren't learning on the way down, how to feel good about yourself, you're left with the conclusion. Your brain will make the unreasonable conclusion like, oh, well, all the good feelings must be at the end. And so that's why I think coaches are so important is because what we do is we help you show up each day and know what to look for, how to talk to yourself, how to have the conversation to motivate you versus forcing yourself into doing things. Like a lot of my clients want to come in and they want to say like, well, I have to eat my plan today. And I don't even teach them to make a complicated plan. I'm like, if you want Oreos, freaking put the Oreos on your plan. Say like, I'm going to have five. I just don't want them eating out of whim anymore. I'm like, first thing we got to do, people who lose their weight don't eat on whims anymore. You know, people who lose weight, they're just not abusing food and they're not emotionally eating. So if somebody sees Oreos, they need to be able to have control. Well, they'll tell themselves things like, you have to stay on your plan all day. And I'm like, well, no wonder you feel like ass. Like if that's (laughs) the way you're going to talk to yourself, it's like, yeah, have to, like, if you have to do anything, those words are toxic. Exactly. And a coach can pull that out and say, what if you don't have to do it? Like if we were going to talk about it in a way where at the end of the day, you felt like you were your own best friend. What would you be saying when you eat your salads? What would you be saying when you follow your plan? When you say no to something, how would you tell yourself if in that moment you want compassion and you want understanding and you want willingness? We teach you guys those nuances because that's not what the diet industry is teaching anyone. Yeah, Yeah, really like owning the choices that you're making. So many people will be like, I'll hear clients say like, oh, I can't have that because I have to honor my protocol. And it's like, "Why why do you have to honor your protocol? Let's back up a little bit. And then they're like, well, I actually want to honor my protocol. And then they'll list like all these beautiful, valid reasons. And I'm like, that's what we have to connect to because that's going to keep you in your power and keep you motivated and keep you in choice. Our diet culture is, okay, this keto book is going to prescribe this food plan and then we have to follow it. And then of course, inevitably, we're not going to follow it because it's a prescription from somebody else. But when we can own our choices, like you're saying, like make it really simple it's sustainable. Exactly. It gives you the fuel to not only lose the weight, but it gives you the fuel to stay there. Yeah. So how did you stay there? Because that is the real gold, right? The real question. So many of us, like you were alluding to before, can lose the weight, but how do we keep it off? How do we create that sustainability and that permanence? When I was losing weight, I decided to fall in love with my process. That is the simplest way that I can describe it because everything that I did, I was willing to keep doing. I was also very willing to remind myself how much I loved my new lifestyle. I was Mm -hmm. always spotlighting and highlighting the things that I loved that were happening for me, the way that I was feeling, the way that I was talking to myself, my self-regard. So when I got there, I loved everything that I built. 
And when you lose weight and you love what you created, you're not desperate to get rid of it. You don't need it. Like nobody ever says, I love this so much. I just need a break. (laughs) You know, we only want a break from something when it's like, that's no fun. I'm so tired. I'm burned out. I just need a break. I, I never needed a break. Why would I need one if everything that I was choosing for me that I really wanted, like I always connected to, here's why I want it. Here's what it does for me. This is who I'm becoming. This is why I love it. And so when I lost weight, there was just no sitting around thinking like, I would just like to feel like crap after eating McDonald's one more time. It was a no. Totally. I mean, I love the taste of a fish filet to this day. Every now and then I will plan one. And then every time I have it, I'm reminded like, woo, you just fall in love with your process and you'll never want to leave it. I love that. Yeah. I love thinking about our relationship with food. At least for me, I love thinking about my relationship with food, like thinking about my relationship with my husband, my significant other, my partner, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like, all I want is actually, and not everyone would probably agree with me, but all I want is to hang out with him more, to have more love, to enjoy being around him more. Does that mean that it doesn't take work? No, of course we have to work. Like, did we commit to loving our process and to loving each other and to love being a verb and to continually consciously choosing each other? Yeah, we committed to all of that. And when I can apply those same principles to my relationship with food, it's so fulfilling. It's so deep. Yeah. My husband always says, we don't have a marriage. We do our marriage. And like, it's Mm. a very active thing. And it's kind of the same thing when you think about our health, you don't have health. You don't have a relationship, a healthy relationship with food. You do that. It comes out in how you show up for it and stuff. So it's just like weight loss. Everything, Nothing just falls out of the sky. People are always actively choosing it and working on it and thinking about it and cultivating it. Totally. I, people always want to know that. I don't know. I'm sure you get the same thing, but people always want to know like what happens when I'm done working with you. I'm like, it's still a practice, right? Like you will Mm -hmm. heal so much of it and you will fall in love with your protocol or what you're eating and not eating. And you will fall in love with yourself, but it doesn't mean that it's not a practice. Like, just like I get annoyed at my husband. I don't know every... every four days, right? Like I still have to practice our relationship just as I do (laughs) my body and food. So tell us, why do you think we struggle with this as a culture? We've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but why do you think we struggle with gaining and losing, gaining and losing as a whole entire society? I do see the diet industry trying to change a little, like you see blips of pivots, just blips. (laughs) But a lot of the bigger companies, I don't think are taking it seriously. I think they're just throwing out coaching and throwing out the mental stuff um, Mm -hmm. in a very manufactured way. I think you have people like me, you have people like you who are really actively telling people weight loss is not about just your protocol. Weight loss is not about the food you decide to eat and the food you don't eat. Weight loss is really about that emotional shit that goes on. Like Mm -hmm. that's what it's about. So it's like, you can have the world's easiest protocol, loveliest protocol, you know, like you do protocols. I have my people make a 24 hour plan each day. I don't care if you put Oreos on it, but make it. And then that's what you're going to do. It can be Burger King for breakfast, McDonald's for lunch and Taco Bell for dinner. And you will still have someone roll up at a Taco Bell going like, I don't know if I want this. I know I wanted it at eight o'clock in the morning. I've had a long day. I really just want, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's never about the food for us. It's 
teaching people, it's about how do you quit emotionally relying on food to solve mm. problems for you? Like if you have the problem of like, I can't get through the day without hating on my boss and feeling like I am the world's worst employee, there's no protocol at night that's going to last you for the long haul. Right. If you're rolling up every day, a ball of stress and self-loathing, mm-hmm. you know, until we start unwinding and really understanding why we're eating to begin with. And that's why I think weight loss is such an amazing way to help people mm-hmm. because when you do it from the emotional standpoint and you start taking some of this extra eating away, then you're left with how you view yourself and how you view your world oh, and yeah. your views are changeable mm-hmm. and your views are the things that we want to highlight and spotlight and say like, is this the best we can do? Is there a different story? Is this even real? Most people just don't understand that stuff. And when coaches like me and you come into the picture, they're like, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, no one's told me. So I think the problem with diet culture is that they focus so much on a picture of a woman standing in front of all the salads. And Mm -hmm. everybody starts thinking that weight loss is about, well, I need to eat this and I can't eat that. It's too much about what you do and not enough about what you think, you know? Totally. Totally. So obvious. I mean, my next question kind of was around that is like, what do you think the missing piece is since so many of us are perpetually struggling with this? I mean, and I totally agree with you, obviously, but the missing piece is the mental work and the emotional work. Yeah. It's the figuring out why am I trying to make food solve a problem that has nothing to do with food? You know, if I don't like my job, why do I think a snicker every day at four is going to solve that? Like a snicker doesn't solve not liking your job. A Snickers not going to write a resume. A Snickers not going to take risk to go out and look for jobs that you might not be qualified for, but you're going to interview anyway. A Snicker isn't going to make you dream big. A Snickers not going to make you go have a conversation with a jerk of a boss and say like, Hey, I got standards here. Going to have to start talking to me this way. Snickers won't do any of that. And yet though, every day we're just like, just going to sit around, just going to hate my job. Oh, where's a snicker? You know, so that'll make a better thing. Exactly. So that's one of the things I think the other thing we have to be mindful of is what we follow on our Mm. social and stuff. Mm. You're not going to be able to get away from it at a grocery store and stuff. I mean, the magazines are going to be the magazines, but so much of what we take in a lot of people who are listening to your podcast, who listen to my podcast, probably also are following some keto and following some Fitzbro and all these other people clean that mess up. If they're preaching an answer of like, if you just do this, then all your problems will be solved. That's some crap. Like, I think it's upon us to also start unfollowing a lot of this diet culture Mm. stuff that isn't addressing our real issues. Yeah. Cause then it just keeps perpetuating. I mean, I hate to be cynical, but I wonder about that with the health and wellness and diet industry, whatever you want to call it. Obviously it's a multi-billion dollar industry, but you know, I wonder if they really want us to solve this at the root. No, I don't think they do at all. Like I really don't because they would lose out on money. They go out of business, right? Like exactly. (laughs) I keep saying, I'm like, when Weight Watchers find out about the yummy mummy, they're going to be really freaked out. (laughs) That's what I always say about like, I've always wanted to um, have lunch with Oprah. I'm like, I hope she never listens to my podcast. Cause I'm like, like, I'm always like, I want to meet Oprah. And then I like totally throw Weight Watchers under the bus. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, once she sees no BS weight loss solution, she's going to come to the other side. It's totally fine. I would love to have just a 10 minute conversation with her to let her know, like, there's a different way, Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Oprah. It's not too late, Oprah. That's right. <laughs> okay. So tell us your best kept secrets. I'm guessing it has to do with thought work and managing and processing emotions, but what are some of your best kept secrets when it comes to weight loss? Number one is keep it way simpler than you think it needs to be. Mm. I, I mean, I literally think that's the, probably the number one is I just watch women sit around and overcomplicate it. I can't tell you how many people I've coached who swear to God they're on a weight loss stall and they're not even drinking their water and they're overworking. So they're not getting enough sleep. And I'm like, all right. So before we declare a plateau, can we at least get the two, like 50% of my basics are sleep and water. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, totally. can we just get those nailed? And then they'll lose a couple of pounds because they're just holding on to stress. And when they're dehydrated, they're churning up food cravings because if your body doesn't have enough water, it starts sending the signal. Let's eat. Let's eat. It's yeah. like, I always tell people, if you love to go through temptation, cravings, and urges, just get dehydrated. Like if that's the, that's the cross you want to bear, that's the fastest way to get there. And so they'll do that. And then they'll notice this like, oh, I don't need that extra snack because their brain's not looking for it when it's well hydrated. So I think that would be one of the big ones is keep it way simpler than you think it needs to be. Mm. And I think the other one is probably, I really do a lot of work with my clients on, it's kind of like the concept of the future self where let's think about this version of you who maybe just a lot of my clients have so much weight to lose that thinking about the end is so far off. Too it's much. like, let's do 60 days. So what is she thinking and feeling? And so we kind of paint that picture, but you have to draw the line to, all right. So if she's thinking and feeling these things, where in your day now is that not happening? Because you're thinking that in 60 days when she's done all these things, then she gets to think and feel this stuff. And I want to teach you that she's never going to think and feel that stuff until she starts thinking some of it now. So if I, yeah. like a, a lot of my clients will be like 300 pounds and their 60 day version of them is well, her clothes are loose. And I'm like, all right, so her clothes are loose. Like, what is she thinking about that? She's like, she's thinking, you know, we're really doing this. And I said, okay, so how many times today did you think I'm really doing this. And they're like, zero. And I'm like, well, what did you think? Like, it's so hard. It's going to take forever. It's and not said, working. Right. It's not yeah. working. I said, so today when you actually eat your breakfast and it's what you wrote on your plan, guess what power thought you need to have? We're really doing this. <laughs> I'm like, I love you have it. to start pulling in yeah. everything you think she's thinking. Look for the micro moments now where you start using her thinking. It doesn't mean that you have the success and the results she has yet, you might not even be 100% on her actions, but you can borrow her thinking and apply yeah. it in the small ways that you're living today. Then it's a lot easier to get there. Love it. Tell us what a power thought is. That sounds like that's a thing. <laughs> So a power thought. So a lot of times when we're teaching thinking is we look for thoughts that feel good. Like, oh yeah, like I could believe that one or um, this is the one I would like to think. So I like to think of like a power thought is not only something you would like to think, but then when you think about that thought, you are just mm -hmm. like, this is the one. It feels one. true. Or even if it doesn't feel true, it's just like, no, like mm -hmm. I want to believe this one. Like Corinne, please teach me the method. And so that would be what I would call the power thought. It's like, you don't want to have very many 
of them. Okay. You want to have like maybe three power thoughts that you go to that at any moment you're like, this is what I think when I need it the most. Mm -hmm. And so it can feel true. Sometimes it won't feel true in the moment. Mm -hmm. So a power thought for me when I was losing weight was I'm figuring this out. Like I probably told myself I'm figuring this out 500,000 times. And when I knew it was a power thought was in the moments when the scale didn't move, the days we would go out to eat and I would just eat stuff because I wanted it. I had to tell myself on the other end of perfect, I am figuring this out. It's Mm. going to take some of these moments for me to be able to figure it out. And that was my power thought. Like I couldn't believe that I was like, Oh, no worries. You'll lose all your weight. Like none of that was going to work for me. But in those moments, I had these thoughts that in the storm and in the moment when my insecurity wants to win, Mm. this one can come through. That's a power thought. Love it. I am figuring it out. So applicable to so many things too. Oh yeah. Because our brains want to tell us, no, we don't know and we can't figure it out and it's too hard. Well, it's exactly how I I used it all the way through building my business. I still use it. Like right now I'm getting ready to, in the early stages of writing a book. I ain't never wrote no book. I didn't even <laughs> barely graduate from high school. I mean, it's like, here I come. I'm going to be an author. I just keep telling myself, like when I want to think, well, you don't really know how to write a book and you've never done it. It's probably going to be hard. Like I have all of the habit thoughts that everybody else does, mm. but I just keep telling myself, yeah, but we're going to be figuring this out. Like, I know we can figure this out. It's just a matter of study and time and looking like that makes sense to me. Well, that goes back to what you were talking about. Like losing weight is such a beautiful opportunity because it's really just a medium, right? To learn about who we are. And then we can apply that to building our business or to our parenting or to our relationships or whatever else it is. It's like, I used to want to say, I wish I could do it for you. I wish I could not make you put the Oreo in your mouth. And I'm like, no, I don't wish I could do it for you because then I would be taking so much away from you. So I love that. I love that power thought too. So what do you wish you could have told your past self who was struggling that nine-year-old or maybe that 15-year-old or that 22-year-old? What do you wish you could tell her now knowing what you do know? Probably just life is going to be so much better than you think it will be right now. Like, oh, my childhood was rough. (laughs) I mean, it was, you know, we were broke. Um, I love my daddy, but he was not there for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I just had a lot going on, not even just being overweight, but just all the things were going on. And I just had a lot of dark days where I just was giving up on life slowly, but surely. And if I could go back, I would really tell her like it all works out. I can so feel that. And the reason I asked you that question is because of course, to whoever's listening to this, right? You can borrow that thought and you can apply that and that can be your power thought. Yeah. So what is the message that you want everyone to know? Anyone who's out there who is struggling with their weight and their relationship with themselves and their bodies and food, what is the message that you really want to portray? That that we can figure this out, that we've been lied to all these years. It's not as hard. It's not as complicated as we all make it out to be. But the way that we teach it is you're going to redefine that relationship with you once and for all. And that's the best part. To the hard 
hard part is literally working through believing new things about yourself. We're so taught not to. Mm. I was actually working with another coach earlier today who she's a weight loss coach too. And she had reached out and said, I had somebody write in and they wanted to know the statistics of people that fail my program. She was like, she said, would you answer that? And I said, they want to prove to themselves that it's not going to work. I would completely answer that. And here's what I would say. This is exactly what makes weight loss coaches different is that you are focusing on what somebody else wasn't willing to do instead of focusing on what's possible for you. You need someone to help you. If that's the question you have, then I can for sure help you because right now you trying to solve for why somebody Mm. else failed is not helpful for you. So unproductive, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I just think that for every person listening, it's like what I would tell my younger self. It all can work out way better than you think it can. Hang on to that. Don't buy into all the statistics of people who fail. This is what I keep thinking. Like if we quit focusing on how many people actually fail in weight loss and we start focusing on just there's a better way, I would bet you those percentages would change. Totally, right? It's so irrelevant, the statistics, right? It's like it goes back to everything you said at the beginning beginning, right? And what you were thinking when you were journeying on your losing of the hundred pounds, which is like, I'm just going to figure this out no yeah. matter what. I'm just not going to stop yeah. until I figure it out. I love that, Corinne. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared. I know that our listeners are getting exactly what they need. Where can we find you? The easiest place to find me is on my podcast, which is Losing 100 Pounds with Corinne. And then if you are a life coach certified weight loss coach and you're interested in learning more about my approach to weight loss and all the pillars that I think are important for women's weight loss around self-love. Like we got to change the relationship with ourselves, self-sabotage. We spend Mm. so much time sabotaging ourselves, like really teaching people how to find those unconscious things that are happening over and over in their life. I will be doing a three-month advanced certification for LCS coaches and I'll be teaching you some business stuff. I think it's important as someone who has built an eight-figure business to help other weight loss coaches build their businesses too. There's a lot of ways to get stuck. There's also a lot of ways to throw gas on the fire. And I think that sometimes you do need a little bit of like, here are some basic frameworks and these do work and this is what we use and I'll coach your mindset around making them happen. So I think it's just important. And they can get more information on that at theweightlossuniversity.com. Ooh, I love it. Love it, Corinne. Thank you so much. And I think that that just speaks to your overall mission of wanting to end this for everyone, right? Doing it on an exponential level too. So that's so, so cool. Well, thank you. I can't, I really cannot thank you um, enough from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate you coming on the Yummy Mommy podcast and onward and upward. All right, you guys, I want you guys to have the best week ever. Your takeaway for this week is to, like Corinne suggested, keep it simple. Your brain is going to want to overcomplicate it all day long. So thanks again. And I will talk to you guys next week. Hey, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening, you have to come check out the Yummy Mummy Experience. It is my proven course and group coaching program where we take all this material to the next level and yep, you guessed it, lose weight. 
for the last time. So if this is something that you want, head to lauraconley.com and click work with me. The best part, it comes with a body back or money back guarantee. And of course, you guys, if you haven't gotten your free podcast listener gift, head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. There are three weight loss hacks inside this gift that I am so excited to share with you. These are the three things that I do every day and my clients do every day to lose and maintain their weight. So head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. If you guys don't know how to spell Laura Conley, it's just L-A-U-R-A-C-O-N-L-E-Y. I will see you there.